Hello, I'm Russell Redmond, Senior Editor at Supermarket News. Midwestern grocer Hy-Vee this year announced plans to expand into four new states, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama. The move will bring the West Des Moines, Iowa-based chain its first southern locations. Currently, Hy-Vee's footprint spans over 285 food and drug stores in Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Hy-Vee is also known for its retail innovation in store formats, including convenience, food service, health and wellness, wine and spirits, and drug locations, as well as in-store concepts. For example, store-within-a-store displays feature non-traditional supermarket offerings such as fitness gear, footwear, apparel and accessories, and bath and beauty, as well as nail salons and eyewear kiosks. In addition, Hy-Vee recently expanded its already broad healthcare offering with the launch of telehealth and online pharmacy services and branched its e-commerce presence into ship-to-home services. Supermarket News got a chance to chat with Hy-Vee Chairman, President, and CEO Randy Edgar at the recent FMI Midwinter Conference in Orlando, Florida, where he discussed Hy-Vee's growth strategy and penchant for in- innovation as well as industry trends. Take a listen. So what has prompted Hy-Vee's expansion into four new states? Uh, let me see if I've got it right. Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama. And the last two, I guess, represent Hy-Vee's first states in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, why now? What's led to this? Well, really, this has just been a couple of years of really looking at the footprint that we have and how the, the market is evolving. You know, really, COVID blew up the grocery industry and a lot's changed. And so it's not us departing the area that we're in. It's really looking to the future, where are we going to grow? And as we look at cities of over 150,000, those would be our targets. If you look at our eight state trade territory, Mm -hmm. there's only 18 cities over 150,000 within our trade territory. So if you look in that space, in a radius of five, uh, five hours around both of our DCs, that's all of the big cities that we have. And so if you look at our model, we build 100,000 to 150,000 square foot store and we're looking at where do we put those stores in the future. I mean, we're building right now in Green Bay, in Janesville, in La Crosse. Uh, We've opened in Eau Claire. We're really hitting Minnesota pretty hard. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, a dozen stores in the Twin Cities. We're reassessing the Twin Cities where we build there. We actually Mm -hmm. have several properties in the Twin Cities that uh, we might sell to look for a different property to get better spacing Mm -hmm. between our stores as they get larger. And then we started to look in the direction around of the the Midwest. I mean, you go to Denver, you're 12 hours to the west, and you go to the the southwest, and you're into Oklahoma and and down right. into HEB country, and then you <laughs> you look to the to the uh, east, and you're you're jumping out into Indiana or going down into the southeast. And so as we looked at the southeast, we looked at Nashville. Uh, within five hours, a five-hour radius of Nashville, there's 50 cities of with a population of over 150,000. And so we saw it as a place that it also encompasses Indianapolis and Louisville. We saw it as a place to for our next move. And so this is not a rapid expansion. We're not flowing in there with dozens and dozens of stores. It's really, it's a slow expansion. We have three stores slated for 2023. 
Right. And one is in Minneapolis or yeah. Indianapolis. One is in Louisville, and one is in the Murfreesboro area. And so it's a grow, it's a slow, steady growth. It's three stores. We're still building the rest of our stores. We're building out a 135,000 square foot store out in Gretna, Nebraska, right now mm-hmm. that will be opening uh, this next year. So that's the expansion. It's a it's a move for ten years from now to look to the future of where we expansion. It's also trying a little bit different format than we've done in the past. And so uh, that's the the focus. That's why we're moving now really targeting middle of 23 mm-hmm. for these three stores to open. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, Hy-Vee really found some space to grow in, I guess, doing your, your due diligence in, in finding the places where um, it's not going to just be tremendous competition necessarily at the get-go. Of course, though, there's yeah. competitors in those there's markets. There's a lot and, of competition. You know, it's the yeah. first time, you know, Publix is an absolute <laughs> amazing company, yeah. right? And and so we're not looking to move into the markets and rival Publix or Kroger is enormous in that space. You know, right. Target's big, Walmart's big. You know, there's lots of players there. What we're trying to do is look at these <laughs> these enormous metros and find literally, if you think about Nashville and the greater Nashville area, we're looking for four or five places that we believe our big stores can sit and be major retail hubs and do quite well. And we're not going to take on the whole city. And we're not going to go in to take on Publix in Nashville. We're looking for our four or five spots that we think that we can build our big store, have a micro-fulfillment center, and really um, operate there very efficiently and do a good job and just dominate our little space within the town and not dominate the whole of the metro. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, will these stores represent kind of a new model for the high V supermarkets? These new stores are opening. I'm thinking kind of of the store that opened in uh, Grimes, Iowa, yeah. that had all these different concepts. Is that going to be yeah. these new stores too? Yeah, and, and many of those concepts. I mean, if you really look at our other stores that we've built, Minneapolis and others, they have all the same things. We yep. arrange them different. We've changed our dining areas. We've changed how we moved our health markets to the first aisle and really incorporated that into produce, really to form a really health-focused store for that Mm -hmm. customer that wants it. But absolutely, that design is is the forefront of this. It's the design that we feel that we've got it very well organized, and it's going to be very... A uh, very nice store. Uh, we'll build larger stores. A large part of the increase in size is the is the automated fulfillment center, which mm-hmm. will be uh, a part of that and the drive up uh, that comes with that. So we're looking at uh, between 140 to 155,000 square foot store that we're going to build in the new territory. It will be that Grimes basic model, mm-hmm. which is a 95,000 square foot store. Right. So it's it's you know it's about 25,000 square foot bigger in the store itself and then the automated fulfillment center. How big is the automated uh, piece? They're running about 30,000 square feet, 30 Mm -hmm. to 32,000 square foot for uh, the automated fulfillment, and that's uh, that'll have that'll be for pickup or pickup and delivery. Yeah, it will it will do um, the core of the pick for right. the customer, and then we'll build a pickup facility on the side, um, and then you know eventually we'll look at do we have any uh, outposts 
that it, it would feed. But for now, we're going to focus on the core of our big store and, and really just looking at that 10-mile that radius that we believe those stores will operate in uh, to fulfill for the community and overachieve on our space uh, for that space. Do you have one uh, partner for technology partner for the automation, or are you working with several? We're working with uh, somebody now, but yeah, we've got. Um, so we, we we do have a partner in that space. So yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure you've seen this. The the Des Moines Register had reported in December. What? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> well, that um, that with this expansion, Hive plans to build a new distribution center. Supply, I think they, they said seven new stores in the, the four states, and they said it's part of more than 20 expected to open over the four years. Uh, how are you expanding your supply chain network as you're approaching yeah. this new expansion? So we're actually looking for mid-25, not 23, but mid-25, right. that we would look at a fulfillment center or, or a warehouse that we would be building in the Nashville vicinity. Um, and that would supply those stores, but we won't have critical mass down there. We don't think until the middle of 25, and so we <laughs> won't build out that far. You know, we we distribute groceries a long ways now, so <laughs> a long ways to us is not. I mean, it's it's very very doable, and so we're we're not concerned about launching with a DC. We won't have the volume to launch a DC right. at this point. So we're just going to take it slow. Right now, we're targeted in the middle of 25 for a dry grocery facility in the, in the Nashville market that would fulfill the rest of the stores. Until then, we're just going to fulfill from what we have. So, Well, one of the things that's always impressed me about Hy-Vee is you're just very open to trying new, new things, uh, mm -hmm. new store formats and concepts. And, um, and you already operate a, a number of different store concepts. I'm not sure how, how up to date I am. I listed uh, Fast and Fresh, mm -hmm. Dollar Fresh, Health Market, uh, well, I know there was the fourth and court yeah. store, yep. which I think became a, a health market. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, you have the wall-to-wall the -wall wine and spirit stores, and, and there's, there are the standalone Hy-Vee drug stores. Sure. Uh, what is that in Hy-Vee's uh, DNA, I, I guess? Well, I think it's just, you know, I mean, I, I think it's always interesting. Amazon can try something new every other week. Nobody <laughs> thinks anything about it, and they start and stop things and just move on. Right. And with them, it's brilliant. And if you're a traditional grocer, it's somehow just petrifying to the industry. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they launched a store, and then it didn't work. We just feel like, you know, you're going to have to keep trying some things. And so, you know, uh, we look at how do we, you know, see old adage, like, how do you fire a bullet and then fire a cannonball? You go out and you test some things and you, you measure those things and see what works and see what the customer likes about it, what they don't like about it. See if we think that it's a viable option for us and if there's a niche. You know, the consumer is just spread all over the place today. And so we're trying to just find the formats that are driven by the customer's lifestyles. And that's what, the, that's what this is. So if you think about Fast and Fresh is really just a rebrand of our, of our fuel stores. So we, mm -hmm. we came up with a name you know, decades ago called Hy-Vee Gas. It's not exceptionally sexy or cool. <laughs> um, and we just decided we needed to transform those stores. And so we have. If you look at our new Fast and Fresh, it is a 7,500 square foot meal replacement store right. that has gas. 
And so, you know, we, we've partnered with a, a company called Smart, uh, Smoky Row, which is a, a local coffee company. Uh, we've looked at food options. We have our mealtime line of home meal replacement that we're featuring. We have our Market Grill Express burgers and our Fast and Fresh, which I will tell you, it is the best ba- gas station burger you've ever had <laughs> in your life. And you see folks that have done it. You look at Wawa and Sheets that are just, I mean, unbelievable food options. You know, and so we just, you know, I guess have the audacity to believe that we can do that also with our fast and fresh model. So mm-hmm. that's that it's a rebrand of our existing and it's a growth of new larger uh, stores. So we've grown those. We have a little over 180 of our fast and fresh uh, sea stores out there. The dollar fresh really is looking at small communities mm-hmm. that we're not going to build a high V store in. Uh, we would never build a store in a town of 3,500, 4,000 uh, people right. today. Um, there, are, there are markets out there that have only one competitor, one, one chain uh, that's occupied those stores. And we just decided we need a different format to be able to go into those towns and build a store. It has to be inexpensive. It has to be a very sleek labor model. Mm-hmm. It has to be very efficient. But they're still really nice stores. But they are very, they're low priced and they're focused on driving value to a customer. It's also focused on taking fresh food to rural areas that don't have great access to fresh meat, fresh produce. Mm-hmm. And even our, again, our mealtime, our, our home meal replacement, and that's what we're focused on. Well, they have large GM sets that we're adding back in that are doing exceptionally well mm-hmm. out in some of these smaller towns. So it's really targeting a town the size of 4,000 and smaller. So we have 25 of those that we've opened up. It's a, it's a, a focus that will continue to trick along and pick off some of the towns that we don't have Ivy food stores. We try to pick them on the way to somewhere else so that we have supply chains along the way. So it's literally, you're going to go by this town anyway. We can drop off five or six pallets for this store and then on mm-hmm. the way to another one of our larger stores. And so um, it's really just a fill-in strategy. And it's a, it's targeting some small towns that we think we can still do well in and not build a high V in those towns. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, looking at ins- inside the store, there are also uh, lots of innovation in terms of some of the the retail concepts, uh, especially in some of the non-traditional categories. You have the uh, Johnson Fitness and Wellness, yeah. fitness equipment, the uh, pair eyewear kiosks, W Nail Bar, Nail Salons, DSW Footwear, and uh, the Joe Fresh Apparel yeah. and Accessories and so forth. And then you have uh, the uh, the Basin and Beauty, I think, which is a high yeah. V zone concept. Well, it's, right? a, it's or, a partnership with a company or, called Basin, Basin. Uh, and they... Uh, they have a, a store in Orlando at, at Disney in there, <laughs> in and around, but they're a smaller um, provider. Yeah, basically it's just this. It's, it's really looking at the, the time that we live in, this really disruptive mm-hmm. time of, of retail, and is seeking out partners that, that want to do well also, that are looking for a different way to sell, and just seeking out partners and, and working out a partnership. So Pair Eyewear literally is just a kiosk that sits on the end of our HBC right. section. It doesn't take up much space. They've just done phenomenal. It's just, uh, you know, how do you order eyeglasses in a different way? It's, it's Joe Fresh and DSW. You know, I met Roger from uh, DSW years ago at Shop Talk. 
<laughs> and uh, he and I had a talk in the hall. He didn't know what a hy was. And we discussed the partnership there also in an ever-changing you know, world at DSW. And we decided that we could sell some shoes together. And we came up mm -hmm. with an idea that doesn't take a ton of space. It sells the basics and then gives people access their whole 75,000 pairs of shoes. Yeah. And then uh, Joe Fresh, again, was just looking at, I'd been to uh, Loblaws in Canada, looked at what they did. I had a daughter that lived in Ottawa for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had young children, and I would watch her buy clothes when she was shopping for groceries. And for us, it was just a natural uh, opportunity to reach out and say, come partner with us. And so everything that we've done from the Johnson uh, equipment to the, to the fitness equipment is just, it's a partnership. It's looking for how do we show room for some of these companies? How do we open up our customer base to have more options and more access to uh, different brands? You know, you look at others that have kind of come towards our direction, the Walmarts, the Targets that started out with soft goods and moved into food. We're just going right. the other direction. You know, Meyers done it years ago. They're very successful mm -hmm. with it. It's just us saying if we're going to have larger stores, if we're going to diversify our store, then we need to have partners to help us grow and be strong. And that's all it is. We're just constantly looking at partners that will help us grow, help us be more relevant to the lifestyles of today. And that's really all this is about is helping us be more relevant, more of a one-stop shop, more uh, dependent for our customers to make sure that we're solving their, their issues and their problems. That's it. So. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Hy-V is well known for its uh, healthcare offerings. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the stronger um, pharmacy operators uh, among uh, supermarket chains, um, and you've continued really continued to expand it. Uh, you have now the uh, Red Box RX, the telehealth and online pharmacy services, the uh, Hy-V Medicare Isle uh, Medicare mm -hmm. Plan subsidiary. Uh, Vivid Clear RX, the the PBM, and I think it's something like you highly operates. Is it more than seventy retail health clinics, and yeah. you have two specialty pharmacies, Amber Pharmacy and Hyvie Pharmacy Solutions. Uh, why is has healthcare been so important to Hyvie's formula? Well, pharmacy is our largest department in our company. Mm -hmm. um, it's our it's our easy entry into healthcare. And it gets our foot in the door. And healthcare, really, to me, is um, you know, if you look at the the totality of healthcare, it's like a big circle, and it's all interconnected, all mm -hmm. of it uh, in and to itself. It's it's important that we look at how healthcare works. Pharmacy is the core of it. Specialty pharmacy. You look at fifty percent of all the growth in pharmacy is coming in the area of specialty pharmacy. Right. Uh, Amber. And HBS has really focused on limited distribution in orphan drugs, mm -hmm. uh, really kind of the specialty of specialty. We have 21 locations around the United States that we operate, uh, Amber and HPS. Um, it's a key part of our growth strategy in, in, in healthcare. Um, it, healthcare to us is, is connected to food also. It's our dietitians, right. uh, our dietitian program and the connectivity between pharmacy um, pharmaceuticals and how people eat to me it just it's a natural synergy and that's why we've invested so much uh, energy and time in it the clinical aspect of the business is ever evolving as you look at healthcare evolving on the clinical side of it you know we've tried several different ways to be in the clinical business with partnerships standalone pharmacies we're looking at developing a health hub that would have more um, mm -hmm. 
more offerings than just traditional healthcare or just a clinic situation. So yeah, it's just continuing to evolve. We've partnered with several folks in the industry that are big names and we've we've worked on some things that have worked and some things that have happened. We're gonna continue to explore healthcare because you know, in and of itself, healthcare, away from the food, the, the food business, healthcare is evolving rapidly. Right. And so we have to stay fresh and focused in that space to make sure that we remain relevant in that space, take care of the customers. And pharmacy continues to grow for us. You know, we've done pharmacy acquisitions, buying up some folks in our trade mm-hmm. territory, and it just continues to grow. We've, we're, we're onboarding more scripts every single day. It's a great, viable business for us. So. Right. It's really not all that long ago where people were saying, what? The, the pharmacy offers immunizations? Mm-hmm. And the... Now it's become the regular destination for flu shots. And I right. guess the, the crowning achievement for pharmacy is really with the COVID vaccinations. It became the point to get your, your uh, yeah, COVID-19 I mean, shot. Yeah, if you look at Iowa, um, originally we were not included in the list of, of pharmacies that were able to give the vaccination. Um, we went two weeks in the state of Iowa not included. We were 47th in the United States in COVID vaccinations. Mm-hmm. We got a call from the governor uh, to get mobilized. And in within two weeks, we were in the top five <laughs> in the United States because we just, we have great people. We have people that are dedicated, they work hard. They got in and we started getting creative. We set up clinics and we gave over 3 million vaccinations. We purchased uh, mobile vaccination trailers. We have uh, 10 of those, we have more on order that will continue to move forward because I think there's going to be more COVID vaccinations that are going to be coming. Yeah. You're going to have the flu uh, vaccinations and you have any number of of 100 other vaccines that you give on a regular basis. So we believe that it's going to be a viable business for us to continue to have these mobile units that can go out to, you know, much of our area is very rural and, right. and, and they don't even have, we have whole counties that don't even have a pharmacy. And so we can take vaccinations out to those folks. We serve some bigger market areas like Minneapolis and Kansas City, but we have a whole lot of Mount Airs of the world and small mm-hmm. towns that don't have access to a lot of these things. And that falls on us to get it, our, to be organized and mobilized to go out and take care of those folks also. Yeah, so. and the COVID testing as well, yes. Harvey's and very accurate, right. uh, active in that, uh, and different the different kinds of COVID mm-hmm. tests as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, just the COVID testing. And I think that's going to continue on. And it's just, you know, providing access, you know, for uh, even traveling for events, you have to have proof of vaccine, or you have to have (laughs) testing, or you have to. So I mean, yeah, I just think it's how it's going to be for a while, if not uh, forever. I'm not sure. But, (laughs) But we'll see. And now everyone's favorite topic, e-commerce. Yes. Um, Hy-Vee has expanded well beyond online grocery and delivery pickup. I know you have the aisles online service. And uh, more recently, you've uh, launched some ship-to-home services. You have the the whole lot of good health and wellness marketplace, hyvdeals.com, for bulk products and different types of savings. And also the shop pet ship for uh, pet care. And I think yeah. it was also Hy-Vee's first subscription service, I believe. Um, can you tell, uh, tell me, uh, talk about what led to these services and um, if there's anything else new that's coming yeah, up? Yeah, well, I mean, with, with Isles Online, it's been our e-commerce platform for a decade. We've been in, in e-commerce for over 10 years. And so, uh, you know, really, I think where we're at with e-commerce was we had this massive 
you know, just, you know, COVID burst and it just took off and we were up over 500% every single day. And we were building pickup centers in the middle of, of the, of the parking lots. And so we're kind of in the process of going back through that. We're going to centralize some of that, um, delist some stores, not mm-hmm. do e-commerce through some stores. It's obviously uh, way better in, in, in some markets than it is in others. Right. We're going to refine that, especially when you're, sh- you're short 10,000 people across our eight states that we need to hire. <laughs> so we're going to centralize uh, those uh, facilities into some of our big markets and, and kind of refine how we're doing uh, COVID. On the other side, it was just looking at the ship to home business. It was really just looking at um, the capital expenditure that it would take to ship stuff around the country is almost non-existent. <laughs> and you look at the amount of, of categories that we're in that we just felt like, you know, why can't we play in that space? Why can't we send, uh, you know, this product to this state? How come we have to just, it's only Amazon or only Walmart or, you know, I guess it's just the, call it what you will. I don't see it as arrogance or, but it's really just the sitting back and saying, why can't we ship right. things around the country? So we started talking about how would how would we ship and what would we ship? So through HiveyDeals.com, HiveyDeals.com is the center of all of our deals. It's, you know, uh, we're not in newsprint anymore, and that's sometimes why the, some newspapers don't love us as much today, but uh, we're not in uh, the newspaper. We have our uh, central ad, and HiveyDeals.com is the central focus of all deals. If mm-hmm. you live in Hivey territory, that's where you go to find out all of our deals. So we launched HiveyDeals.com as a ship-to-home platform nationally. We partnered with NBC. We're mm-hmm. partnering, uh, sponsoring their indie races throughout the entire right. season. Uh, we're giving a, a $25,000 prize if you scan the code during the indie race to come to HiveyDeals.com, where you'll find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of big packs Um, really Mm Costco-style packs that we're shipping around. It's just only two weeks in, right? (laughs) But so far, so good. It's just really (laughs) engaging with customers around the the country and and pushing HiveyDeals.com. We have it on our IndyCar that we're sponsoring, and it's it's sponsored by HiveyDeals.com. From that, then we had some other brands that I looked at. Uh, Redbox Pharmacy is just really, it is just that. It's a a pharmacy that focuses in medications that can be shipped around the country. We have a a service that links you with a medical doctor to make sure that you're eligible and that you've got the script that you need. And then we're just simply shipping those uh, drugs around the country. Mm -hmm. Um, The other areas are just really focused on our health market through Whole Mm -hmm. Lotta. Whole Lotta Good is just... That is just natural and organic product that we're shipping. And then PetSmart. Those are our entries out there. We have uh, another vitamin uh, website that we'll be out pushing in Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's just really us looking at the customer's lifestyles, how people are getting product, Mm -hmm. um, partnering with our suppliers. Because many of the products that we're selling, especially on HiveyDeals.com, we, we aren't eligible to sell those through our food stores because they're a different class of trade. Right. So it's us focusing on how we can ship those to customers around the country. And we're getting orders from all over the country. And it's not us trying to be arrogant or cut in on anybody else's business. It's really looking at us saying, how do we overachieve for our space, grow our volume base uh, without adding a bunch of assets? And it's an easy way to grow the base of hy V. So that's it. Mm. Well, the uh, the food at home trend has lasted longer than uh, many industry executives expected. 
Uh, and this is even with now consumers have been returning to restaurants and even with the, the higher grocery prices that mm -hmm. we're seeing. Um, what, what's driving food at home, uh, making it last longer? What's your outlook on, on this trend? I think it's just a lifestyle shift. People just have gotten in the habit. I think people are going back to restaurants. You can see it. Mm -hmm. I, I question if people are going back to restaurants as frequently as they used to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I read a statistic the other day that during the, the height of the pandemic, 88% of consumers were cooking at home. And then stepping away from that, it was down to 80%. But it was still 80% yeah. of people that were cooking mm -hmm. meals at home. So I think that people are deciding I'm going to go out maybe one time this week and not three. And that's the difference. That will probably keep evolving over time. But right now there is a window of people still continuing to cook at home. I think as the prices get higher and, and there's uh, pressure there, I think you'll see more people um, kind of deselecting going out and deciding to stay at home. They can cook cheaper than they can go out and just uh, stay home. So I think, you know, I think it's it's obviously inflation is not good for us. Um, <laughs> but I think the trend of people eating home is good for for traditional retailers. We're not as traditional in that we have a whole lot of, of space devoted to to meals and to restaurant style sit down dining. And right. so, you know, it's we're constantly working to get those folks back in to our seats and eating also. So we kind of play both sides of it. But I think that's the trend right now. I think people are just slow to move back um, from the trend that really, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, you get a real habit built, so. Yeah, I guess a lot of people were, some people were, were new to cooking at home and some mm -hmm. are being reacquainted with it since they didn't have to run to the office right. all the time, that daily commute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that all plays in, so. Um, what more do Hy-Vee and other grocery retailers need to do to adapt their businesses to serve um, an increasingly omnichannel marketplace and digitally savvy consumer? We'll end off uh, with that open-ended yeah, question. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is. There's the big question. <laughs> I mean, it is literally about, you know, I said this years ago, and I, I, I talk to my people about this all the time. I talked to a young lady who is a friend of my daughter's, and I just asked her, you know, because um, in our our part of the country, you know, we're pretty well known and we are very focused on solving issues for the, our consumer. And I asked this young girl, what is it that you want us to do? She said, well, I want you to be who I, I need you to be when I need you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, I'll just go someplace else. <laughs> and I thought about it because it's like, well, that's kind of a vague answer. But that's like, we want you to be everything I want when I need you. And if you're not, I'll just go somewhere else. I think that's really the truth, <laughs> that we, in the grocery yeah. industry, you can't be everybody, everything to everybody, but you have to be prepared to follow the movement of the lifestyles. And as they adjust, we need to adjust with them. And that's us experimenting. This is us experimenting with that uh, to try and adapt to what our customers want, how they'll like us better. You know, forever, everybody told us that, well, there's this massive trend around small stores. We just have not seen the numbers in that. Yeah. We built small stores, mm -hmm. and they have been soundly rejected. <laughs> and our big stores are booming. <laughs> and so I don't know what people call a big store, but to me, a 95,000-square-foot store big. is a big store. <laughs> yes. And, and we find that the 60s that we build just don't do near as well. <laughs> and that's our customer base. So we're working on on that size of store and building that size of store out in the community because it works for us. 
and it seems to serve our customers very, very well. So we're going to constantly stay focused on the customers. When you think about e-commerce, the omni-channel, and how you communicate, um, it, it's, a, it's a challenge to stay and communicate to the whole of the customer base, especially when you have kind of the baby boomers that are moving this way. You have uh, the millennials and Gen Z moving another direction mm -hmm. and kind of getting uh, there in a different direction. But I think it's all about messaging, continuing mm -hmm. to work on the messaging that resonates with both of those groups, looking at the channels that they're receiving. Um, you know, I think there was this sense that marketing was going to get easier once the Internet really took hold and people started walking away from some traditional forms. What I found is they've really not walked away from anything completely, and they've gone to a dozen different places to to be seen and to be heard. And so I think it's, it's incumbent on us to continue messaging across all of the different aspects of the media to get those customers to us and make sure that we're doing what they want us to do when they want us to do it. It's, uh, it can be a challenge, but yeah. Okay, Randy, thanks very much for speaking with us today. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you.